Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Strain at the Leash. I'm your host, Ganesh Singh, and today we are going to dive into the question, how do I get started with self-improvement? Last episode, last month, we talked about the question, do I even care about self-improvement? And because you've said yes to that question, we're brought together again. So let's get into it. Self-improvement starts with self-reflection and self-awareness. Self-reflection is an act of introspection which aids an individual to become aware of their values, priorities, intentions, desires, expectations, fears, etc. and therefore analyzing the crux of their character. Usually the question is rhetorical when you reflect on the current circumstances of your life But have you actually sat down and talked about yourself with no one but yourself? If you've done this for the first time, you can reminisce that it took a while to become aware of the deep recesses of your being. To get to the depth of your being, it not only takes time, but it requires you to ask yourself difficult questions. The questions that make you really think about what kind of person you are and why you do the things that you do. If you go deep enough, it'll sting to uncover some truths about yourself. But that sting is the window to self-improvement, not self-loathing. It is not uncommon for people to completely avoid this confrontation with the stings because that would mean coming face to face with a struggle. And that struggle would require, first of all, just acknowledgement of the struggle Pain, and then you would have to go through the pain associated with the acknowledgement. And eventually, you'd have to problem solve with a rational mindset by putting your ego to the side. Quick disclaimer, this is a lot harder than it seems and it requires constant failing. Certain actions such as meditation, sitting in silence like mindfulness, reading books written by enlightened beings, a company of enlightened beings selfless service to society, spending quiet time every morning, um, spending more time in nature. All these things help an individual reflect more often and more efficiently. Sometimes results um, unknowingly. Sometimes you start to develop in your spirituality and you develop in your spiritual practices um, by doing stuff like this. In order to make better sense of your life, it is important to understand the following concepts, and how they play a part in your everyday life. Analyzing the following concepts from your perspective can directly help you become aware of your thoughts, your aspirations, your actions, your relationships, and indirectly, these are reflective of your character. So let's get into it. Our personality or character is the essence of the cumulative effect of our thoughts and reactions to the stimuli of life. I'm going to repeat that. So our personality or character is the essence 
of the cumulative effect of our thoughts and reactions to the stimuli that is life. Personality is further shaped by our desires, expectations, and fears. Today, we will break down desire. So let's get into it. Desire is the want, longing, craving of something or the response to the lack of something. Desire as we know it is essentially a search for satisfaction through some medium. Desires are usually formed according to one's environment and they're created by and therefore limited by our sense perceptions. When we've met the needs for survival, like food, water, shelter, humans are the only species that do not stop there. (laughs) We have something called intellect, which differentiates us from animals. However, it also produces something called the ego. Ego is widely known as the consciousness of the false self, also known as I, me, mine, myself, which When believed with conviction that it is our real self, we carry on fulfilling materialistic desires for the gratification of what is I, me, mine, myself. We can separate desire into two categories. There's materialistic desire, which is desires that are obstructing spiritual desires. There's desire for the benefit of me, mine, and myself. There's desire for status, fame, and political power. It's desire for promotions at work, desire for money, sex, and material success. It's desire for uh, a big home, good marriage, amazing cars, a thriving family. It's external living, and it is temporary. Spiritual desires are second types of desires. And these desires are to connect within for the unfolding of your soul. It's a desire for God. It is a desire to be selfless, a desire to rid your ego. It's a desire to listen to your inner voice. It's a desire to seek infinite truth. It is a desire to embody divine virtues like forgiveness, compassion, humility, etc. It's a desire for divine presence. Desire to spread unconditional love and it is internal living and permanent. So, analyze your desires. Most of us are somewhere in between of having spiritual desires and materialistic desires, but this becomes dualistic living, like it's, it's based in duality because both of these desires are completely opposite to each other. One focuses on giving your false self up and the other encourages expanding your false self. And so as seekers of truth, it is our inherent responsibility to make spiritual desires the highest and only desire for our being. And honestly, let's be real. Life is kind of a paradox when you think about it. The body houses the soul for which the soul can only be satisfied through spiritual desires and the body can only be satisfied through sensory experiences in which we have to distinguish real soul pleasures and the pleasures of senses. Now, let's talk a bit more about materialistic desires 
just because it hits closer to home and we can all relate. <laughs> so desire causes more desire. The cycle is pretty simple. I'm going to give you an example. Man, I just really want some independence. I want to move out of my parents' house. So that desire is the vehicle to your next destination, which ends up being a one-bedroom basement suite. Man, I really need some windows in my place. I need a place with a view. That desire is the vehicle to your next destination, which is a condo. Man, lugging my groceries up to the condo is such a mission. I need a house. And for that, I need money. Then with enough work, you buy a house. And with that house, if you manage to sit still, new desires will never fail to be brought to the mind. A nice car to park outside, kids to fill the house, and when you're lonely, you know, having guests come over and praising your decor. But what are we chasing when we do this? This example highlights the expansion of the false self. The idea to the false self, aka our ego, is that we as humans really want to feel an importance and satisfaction beyond ourselves. And therefore, we use these desires as a vehicle to achieve this. Unfortunately, these desires are bound by our five senses of taste, touch, smell, sight, and hearing, which are not even experienced by our bodies. They're experienced within the brain by these precise neurochemicals of dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, etc. So theoretically, if you wanted to experience something beyond yourself, you would have to transcend the limitations of the body. And honestly, there are many external means that alter per our perception. It doesn't really transcend our body or transcend our perception. It just alters our perception. Let's take uh, any sort of drug, for example. Intoxication helps an individual feel beyond themselves or it lowers their inhibitions. Uh, something that provides an immediate sense of gratification, whether it's you know confidence, you know the feeling of you know, feeling light, whatever it may be, um, which is not available in the present state of consciousness. And don't get me wrong here, you know, there's zero judgment here, like people want to enjoy their lives, they want to have fun, I get it, you know. But regardless, with every high, it must be balanced with dropping down to a baseline or a low, um, aka Newton's third law. Worldly joy and sorrow have a common father, and that is desire. Fulfilled desire is pleasure, and contradicted desire is pain or sorrow. What I'm trying to say is that in order to achieve an everlasting joy, we are clearly choosing the incorrect vehicles. Let's also clarify that desire isn't the root cause of misery and unhappiness in the world. Unfulfilled desire is. The more we create these desires, the more we believe we need them. And then desire turns into, man, if I don't have it, I can't be happy. Or I need this to be happy. Every active seed of unfulfilled desire, unless roasted by wisdom, plants a new desire seed in your subconscious mind. The karmic law of as you sow, so shall you reap prevails in the subconscious mind. And it is these same desires that were planted 
that spring up unexpectedly and are usually very unreasonable, frustrating, and bring about a lot of sorrow and pain. Here's where it gets interesting, though. These unfulfilled desires can be powerful forces that they become ingrained in your subconscious mind. And if they're not deleted, dealt with, or destroyed, these powerful forces can remain within you, leading into the next life, also known as reincarnation. We'll tackle reincarnation and the soul's journey on a different podcast. But in the meanwhile, if you are interested, one of my favorite books of all time is called Many Lives, Many Masters. It's written by a famous psychiatrist called Dr. Wise, and uh, it exemplifies the concept of the soul's journey with reincarnation. It's proven scientifically. Dope book. Um, But going back, the irony is we spend a considerable amount of time finding ways to entertain our senses, looking for this happiness, this just something that will just cause all the happiness and joy in the world for the longest time possible. And we collect things in the material sense, but these things can't fit in your casket. Conversely, we spend less time on ridding uh, ourselves of anxiety, anger, lust, jealousy, and our attachments, which do travel with our souls into the next life. Now, many spiritual masters have written that there are two ways to deal with unfulfilled desire. Number one is realizing that connecting to the divine within you is the ultimate fulfillment. That all desires should be satisfied in the divine way. Through connection in which God sees to it that your good desires are fulfilled and the harmful ones are overcome. But for starters on the spiritual path, a good way to start is just identifying what spiritual and altruistic desires you have and also what materialistic desires you have. And then try to substitute your material desires for spiritual desires only when the temptation arrives. And let's be real, temptation is going to arrive every day, (laughs) like arguably every hour. Um, And then there's number two, which is exhausting and living out your desires if you cannot resist the curiosity or temptation. The idea is that with enough repetition of joy and sorrow, joy and sorrow, happy, sadness, happy, sadness, this will guide the seeker to the realization of number one. However, (laughs) be extremely wary of this process. Be very mindful of this because materialism is best known, best known as a sugar-coated candy with sweet, immediate effects and terrible, bitter aftertastes. And in this day and age, there are endless ways to distract and entertain our senses and our desires grow day by day. Now, this next part might be a little controversial, but I truly believe that Heaven or hell is made within the consciousness. Your consciousness can be made heavenly or hellish with your thoughts and habits of desire. It is also important to note that a few books, a few visits to the temple or church, a few trips to religious pilgrimages, a few fasts, a few prayers, a few good deeds for others, and a few charity donations can inspire us to go within and remove our ego. But unless we actually meditate and go within, 
These desires that became pious actions will not create lasting changes on our consciousness. In fact, sometimes we can accidentally derive a sense of pride from these pious actions, which is also expanding our false self. Okay, let's try and leave on a good note here. (laughs) A spiritual master has said, If you truly looked at your soul, the reflection of divinity residing within you, you would find all your desires satisfied. You would be unmoved if the entire world was given to you. Neither would praise elate you, nor would blame hurt you. You would only ever feel the joy of divinity within. And on that note, That is it for this month. On the next podcast, we will continue to tackle the personality, what it's made up of, and we're going to tackle the concept of expectations and fears. Thank you so much for continuing to listen. I really appreciate you. And if you vibe with whatever I'm saying, definitely interact with me somehow through Instagram, Twitter, email, or leave a review of the podcast on any platform. I sit here wishing you all lots of love on your respective spiritual journeys. And until next time, strain at the leash.